0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another Q&A, Life With Your Dog podcast. Today I'm going to be answering a question that came in from Darnell, she's a client of mine and she listened to the episode To Dog Park or Not To Dog Park and my general and main Luke's conversation in what I reckon about dog parks and a few things to think about and her question comes in saying how to socialise without using the dog park and it's a pretty valid question. Now if you listen to that episode back when we recorded about dog parks, it's not like I'm saying you should never go to the dog park, but the two things of why I think the dog park can be a bit of an issue is it's a place where your dog learns to ignore you. So while you're doing all of your training and you're you're working on recall and things like that, if you haven't got your command at a proofed stage that your dog will come back, a lot of the time we can teach our dogs when they're off the lead that they can run away from you and then they don't come back to you so if you are going to be in the dog park you shouldn't be calling your dog to come unless you're in a position to reward them and if you keep calling five six times in a row you're weakening that command and teaching your dog that it can run up to other dogs and further have a better time than coming back to you but also more importantly dog parks can be a place where your dog gets attacked and so many people have had this experience we've talked about this plenty of times on the show in regards to like a lot, a lot of the dogs that I see that have reactivity issues and aggression issues come from having a bad experience at the dog park where another dog has come and attacked them or the dog has perceived that they've been attacked so they've had a bad experience. And then that's where fear then starts to happen. Fear sets in, sorry. Anxiety start to, starts to occur and if you haven't got a good foundation, then of course your dog starts to suffer and all of these issues start to occur. So how can we do this and what should we do? So, if you're going to be spending time, and we've explained this as well in this episode, in the episode of To Dog Park or Not To Dog Park, is that when we're up in the park having long lead time, if you follow that 20 20 rule, and again, we had another episode talking about what does that mean and structured loose lead walking, check that out as well, that when we walk a loose lead structured walk to the park, we put our dogs on a long lead. They can pee, poo, play, sniff, have fun, do what they've got to do, but a lot of the times, and depending on where you live, that you're going to see other dogs around, and it may be appropriate that the dogs can have a bit of a play, as I said, if it's appropriate. See, a big part of our training, and the way that I think about it, is that one-third of socialization is learning how to be focused and calm around other dogs, and being able to follow our command. The problem happens is, when we think socialization is always about playing, we always want our dogs to Um, approach other dogs and always say hello and not every dog's approachable a lot of dogs are aggressive and a lot of the times it's not appropriate you want to be able to teach your dog to be calm so you can sit at the coffee shop while your dog's in a down stay or just hanging around politely and isn't running up to other dogs and dragging the coffee table halfway down the street and things like that and it's happened before so I think that's something to think about but if you are going to be in the dog park there I mean in the sorry in the in the park when your dog's on a long line and just like today, I um, took my son to the playground and I had my dogs with me. They're in a downstate outside of the sandy area where the dog's not allowed, obviously. And there was a moment where a general was coming past with his little spoodle. And it was a cute little thing. I released my dogs. I let them play. And they actually had a pretty fun time. And um, just an update on Nookie is that mentally she's not going good. If you're listening to our um, the episodes... Previous saying, um, stating that my dogs did get attacked when a dog had jumped off the back of a Ute and and went for both my dogs and Nuki had significant impact. She got impacted by that big time um, in those that week happening after it. But now she's been really good. I've introduced it heaps of um, reintroduced it to a lot of dogs and just monitoring it. And there's a little bit of hesitation with maybe a dog coming up to her fast and I think she's always been a little bit like that since because of her size and being knocked over a bunch of times but everything's been really good and she played with this little dog and it was the funniest thing I've ever seen in ages so there was an opportunity for my dogs to play there and again it was appropriate, I allowed it to happen, we've we've let a thousand dogs walk past us and sometimes four in a row we get to play and sometimes there's a lot more of a gap so um, I remember speaking with Dino and she said that she have she had another trainer and her trainer says, one out of every ten dogs, you can let them say hello and approach each other on the street. I wouldn't put it to a one to ten ratio. I think it should just be when it's appropriate because then if you walk the Esplanade to Cronulla and if anyone knows about Cronulla Esplanade, it's a very busy place. If you say hi to one every ten dogs, you're stopping every five minutes and saying hi. I would rather my dog just ignore them. When we're on a, on the walk, we are ignoring other dogs and we're focusing on the walk. And then if it's appropriate time, now I know with – um. Harley, her dog, has, is like really good with other dogs, and I guess the reason why she's struggling a little bit to have that social experience because she goes to the dog park and she's a little bit hesitant because of I guess what I've said. And you can go there five, ten, fifty times in a row, and nothing bad happens. It could be an awesome place, but just know that there's a risk, right? So it's not like you, you shouldn't go, but like if you're going to go to a dog park or a dog leash-free beach and things like that, maybe going in a more quieter time maybe like one o'clock in the afternoon or like the, the, the <laughs> I don't know when the I don't go to dog parks so I don't know when but I'm assuming before work and after work is the busiest times so another thing that I've got written up here is join your local dog club at this stage um, it could be a little bit difficult with COVID and depending on where you live but if you go to your local dog club and everyone's working on obedience training, then there's a few things that could happen. First of all, you're getting the extra training and you've got that that access to a whole bunch of other dogs around you that are all on a similar mission. But also you can make friends and then you can do play dates once every once a week. You can meet up and practice your training and then reward the dogs with with playtime after and meet at somebody's house after the walk and let the dogs play. Um, And then maybe even after training, there's a time where you can let the dogs hang out and have a social experience. So that's another option. Um, Doggy daycare, a good reputable daycare can be an awesome place. And I think if dog parks... If dog parks can be the best thing that they can be, I think that it should be refereed by somebody. There should be professionals there that understand dog behavior, um, and maybe not to the highest of levels, but just understand how, how dogs act in, in in these situations. And if you can screen every dog that comes in, this is what a doggy daycare is, then once a week, once uh, maybe once every two weeks, your dog goes to the, um, the daycare, has a good fun social experience. You don't have to do a full day, maybe you can do a half day, and these are other options as well. Friends and family is a pretty obvious one, but I guess, you know, maybe making the effort with your cousin or with your parents and their dog and or whatever the situation is, if you can maybe make the mission of getting the dogs together and, and having a social time, hopefully you're going to screen the dogs first and make sure that, that it is an actual social experience for the positive positive. But it could be, it, you know, and what happens all the time when I want to catch up with friends, it's we go for a walk with the dogs because that's basically when you're time poor, that's that's your free time and you can meet up with friends on the walk and then let them play throughout the walk and after. I'm happy with that. Neighbors. So maybe you can like knock on some neighbor's doors and you know that they've got a friendly dog. It's another way of making another connection with somebody um that lives like in your immediate space and... I guess it's pretty convenient. You guys live close together. It doesn't have to be neighbor, neighbor, like your next door neighbor, but it can be someone up the street or someone that you see regularly on the walks and the dogs have had an interaction. Um, I've also got up here, I'm um, checking out a Facebook page. Like, you know, you can go on one of the local um, area pages and put it up there. It's like, hey, look, you know, this is my situation. This is where I'm at. And uh, maybe it's creepy. I don't know, <laughs> but I'm thinking outside the box here, you know? And I think being able to reach out to others and find a way to make it happen because there's like so many dogs out there and going to the leash-free area seems super appealing and a lot of the times it, it works out for people but because I see all the behavioral issues I'm going to say that it happens heaps, heaps and heaps where a lot of people may not see it and then you speak to one person like another client the other day and they said that every time they come past a dog park they're hearing some sort of drama and you know I was out at um in the, in the eastern suburbs the other week and on the outskirts of the dog parks. It was a fenced off area and three times that time that I was there within the hour and a half or within like the hour I think um, the dogs fought three times and people weren't separating their dogs appropriately and they didn't leave and it's just crazy. If you're not managing the situation then it's crazy. We stood on the outside of the dog park and we used it as a resource. We get the dogs to be focused out on the dogs in the park while they're playing. We call that dog to come back to us and if let's just say you're that way inclined, then you are gonna ignore the advice of what most dog trainers say, and they say don't go to the the dog park, especially those enclosed ones. Is make your dog work for it before you go in there. If they find it super appealing and it is truly reinforcing to them, then do a five minute training session, reward them with with playing with their with their friends. Maybe keep it short and sweet. If you know, like I have met up with clients at Sydney Park, and that is one of the exceptions that I guess that's in my area because I know that dog fights happen everywhere, but I haven't seen any real issues. And because of really wide space, there's so many different areas, and a lot of people are generally respectful over each other. And when there's a bigger space and everyone's moving along, it makes it a lot easier. So, and I think going there once a month can be a place where you can let your dog off and, and having that experience. But I really think the things that I that I mentioned before are probably the best. I'm in a position where my dog's always getting socialization because I get to see many clients a day with their dogs and my dogs get that interaction but you know my, my friends come around with their dogs or the neighbors when I'm having a chat the, the dogs get to play and, and socialize so it depends on how busy your schedule is, depending on where you live and I know where Darnell lives and I know um, a little bit of her situation and We've spoken about this and hopefully this helps you, Darnell and others out there. Something that I was not to put out there as well is that I've been for a long time wanting to do group classes and, and social classes at, um, for my own clients. At the moment, I haven't got the, the resources and the space for it. So anyone out there in Sydney, especially in the southern Sydney, um, or if you know anybody that has maybe a space available, that the reason why I haven't gone into it at the moment is, of course, I've got other things happening, but you know, rent's super, super tricky. And, and, and I guess I just haven't had the time to get out there. So I'm reaching out to your people. If there's, if you work at a warehouse or an industrial area where there's a big car park. Maybe big tall fences, um, gates and fences that we can have secure in there on the weekend. I can like sublet or something. You know, like I'm putting it out there to the universe, see what comes back to me. And if you know anyone, if you can help us out, then just privately message us through all of any of our mediums. And um, that's another episode of Life with Your Dog. Really hope it was beneficial to you and answered some of your questions. And as always, got any questions? Hit me up, uh, and I'd love to answer them for you. So. Hope you're all having a great day or night and enjoy it until next time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another show of Life With Your Dog. Please like, rate and share if you're enjoying our podcast. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. For all dog training videos, tips and techniques, visit noocherspooches.com.au Thank you and stay tuned for next time.